Let's Talk Sports. Sports Phone with Big Al is live on 1061 ESPN. of reason and the dean of richmond radio here's big al on 1061 espn yes, indeed it is big al well that's you know I, I never used the name big al if i knew this was gonna be a career for all this time i was a stockbroker and i thought well sports phone big al i got a sports phone from knbr in uh, san francisco 610 i think it is way back in the day when i lived out there so but i would have never used it and here's big al would have never done that Anyway, uh, you're listening to 1061 ESPN. I am Big Al, at least on the radio. And, 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 and your um, dial is, of course, 1061, as I mentioned, ESPN. We're here, and Robert the Bruce is on the other side of the glass, and you're there. And I got a question other than, how are you doing today, Robert? You got a second question this morning. Oh, I'm, man, I'm I got well. I got one right there. This thing is ready. It's like a catapult, man. It is ready to fly. Right, I'm doing well, though. Uh, thank you for asking. Yeah. How you doing? I'm fine, man. It's Wednesday. Right. It's good. Going to Gus's today? That's, that's Come on, go. Then it's a good day. Come on and go. Nothing else needs to be said. It's a good day if you're going out to Gus's. Going to Gus's, Italian Cafe and Sports Bar. Well, hit me with that uh, <laughs> missile of a question you got. Why are there no nickname teams called the Monkees? I, I should have I should have known it, that was the exact question it was going to be. I don't know. I don't know. There are no names. Exact, there is no exact question in my head. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I should have expected the weirdest thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. There are no, as far as I know, I can't think of any. Definitely not in professional sports. No, yes. nothing in pro. Well, even the Spiders are the only Spiders there are, although Cleveland Indians were they had been known as the Spiders back, I think, in the 1890s. You knew that. So... Uh, uh, they were considering, I guess, spiders, but they went with what's with these teams? Guardians and Commandos, what? <laughs> the both of them. Anyway, uh, but they're no. I, I don't think there are any t- teams nicknamed the Monkees. And I'm not talking about the music band, obviously. Uh, but I guess it's an animal that people don't take to. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> seem like it. You know, I mean, have you ever seen a live monkey? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Where? At the zoo a couple times. Which zoo? Uh, the one here in Richmond. Uh, well, oh, it's yeah. not. Well, it's not actually Chester. It's yeah. It's just funny. It's out. It's a, like when you put in the map, it's like Mosley, Virginia. <laughs> yeah. It comes out to be, but it's the Richmond Metro Zoo. It's a nice zoo. They've. I've never. You know, I've never been. I've been living here for how many years now? I don't know. Forty six. It's a nice zoo. You check it out. It always makes me happy because I'm an animal guy. That when they have you nice. Know, you habit- kind of favor a monkey now. You bring it up. <laughs> when they yeah. Uh, <laughs> when they have nice habitats. I I wasn't a fan of the DC Zoo because of how crowded everything was. <laughs> I am the one of the best zoos was down uh, down in Florida. I think it was somewhere in Fort Lauderdale, Miami. They had great habitats. Tampa's got a good zoo. Yeah, they do too. That's that's what I like to see is the animals have plenty of room. The preeminent, the top, the king of zoos. I'm not talking Zeus, the god of all gods. I'm talking about 
San Diego Zoo. Yeah, I went to that one. I did too. We, I don't think we were there together though. <laughs> no, we went no, uh, different uh, days. We coordinated. I went to ni- in 1999 when you were about three. Yeah, I went in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, we moved to further action. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a nice zoo. But as as with anything that has that much hype, you, you're always bound to get let down just a bit. But it is a nice zoo. Yeah, it was great zoo. I just my big thing is just I, I like seeing the animals have plenty of room to roam and have some be happy because. You know, it's not a natural environment for any of them. Man, I hate to see animals abused. That's a thing. Uh, I just, it's just not, there's, you know, they, they, yeah, they need room to take care of them. I agree with that it's 100%. It's not abuse directly, but when I see a hippo in, like, almost a box, I'm just like, uh, that's not how it's supposed to live. No. And I agree 100%. Hey, thanks for tuning in. It's Animal Hour today on Sports Phone. If you're interested exactly. in animals, give a call. 327-0888. No, it's not Animal Hour. I just thought I'd throw a curveball at the horse on the other side of the glass. Why are there no teams in professional sports called the Monkeys? The Monkeys. The Monkeys are... I can't even think of what you'd say. It's too... it's it's not happening in my head this morning on that. We will be Augusta today. John Freeman, voice of the Cavaliers, will join us at eight thirty-five. Coming off another close law uh, loss, um, and tomorrow we've got uh, Mike London coming off a tough loss, and they will play each other. Oh, by the way, and of course you know tomorrow Saturday tomorrow Saturday at noon, and then Jimmy Hobgood, man about I got a new title for Jim Hobgood. Are you ready for Hobbo? I'm ready. Man about everything. I like that one. You like that one? Yeah. You can cover a lot of sports. You can. There you go. Jim Hopgood, man about everything. You ever take, you know, you, know you, you have a dog, you have a dog. You have a dog growing up? Yeah, I did. I've did you ever go up to the dog and cup your hands over and say, dogs of earth? You know, like you're an alien? Yeah, never did. I mean, did. you know, a space alien? Huh? Never did that one. Try that on a dog. I will. Dogs of Earth. They respond to that. Okay. I mean, they've been somewhere, somehow, aliens talk to dogs in the past, and it's been passed down. Maybe they decide it's more worth to talk to the dogs than the people. Well, you know. <laughs> can't blame them. I can't blame them for that. And have better conversations sometimes with a dog than a human. But we're going to go to Lynn right now and have a good conversation. Lynn, good morning. Thanks for calling in and breaking up this. Good morning, Big Al. What some crazy conversations we have, huh? <laughs> yeah, why, why, why not? You know what? I break it up. We, we all know sports. We, all, we know who won in baseball yesterday, but I'll get to that and cover it in a moment. But I just thought I'd ask, have you ever heard of a team called the Monkees? No, but we're really close with the Pittsburgh State oh, Gorillas. There you go. There you go. Thank you. There's Grand Minnesota Ground Chuck. Used to call years ago, and he talked about the Pittsburgh State Gorillas. Thank you. You are the hoss. You're the old hoss All du jour. Right. I like that one. The hoss du jour. Thank you. All right. You made my okay. day, dog. We're walking on in the sunshine right now. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. Enjoy the show. Is that it? Yes, sir. Oh, well, thank you, Lynn. You made my day on that one. Thank you very much. You keep calling. All right, All right don't be a stranger. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, yeah, there is. There, I forgot about that. In Minnesota Ground Chuck, now, who knows where Minnesota Ground Chuck is these days? It's like New York Ben. Where's New York Ben? Get Barone on the phone. Let's see what's going on out there. Uh, but there are there, and, and Lynn was absolutely right. Pittsburgh State Gorillas. I, I think they're Division Three. I don't think they're two. But Pittsburgh State Gorillas, thank you, Lynn. That's good. <laughs> All right, baseball, we are getting to real sports here. We, you know, sometimes you want to open up with a curveball, have a little fun. And Division I, two, they are. Uh, Division two. 
Ah. Hey, speaking of that, let me tell you about this. Are you ready? I'm ready. Did you know that? Well, first of all, you didn't know there was Pittsburgh State Gorillas. Did no, you? I just learned about them. Um, but but I didn't know about it until Minnesota Ground Chuck brought them up 20-some years ago. And he did. And that was that. And uh, just a really good guy, uh, Minnesota Ground Chuck. And I, I hope he's well and healthy somewhere. And uh, somebody passes on the word I was talking about him. Uh, I was talking about, you know, we talk about Reeves Louthen about every Friday, right? I bring right. up Reeves, which Friday for the weekend, and we're having a good time. Uh, I ran to his brother last night, this Hall of Fame uh, gathering for Virginia Sports Hall of Fame last night. And um, I met his brother, well, I'd met his brother before, but I, I, I reacquainted with Ch- uh, uh, Chip Louthen. And he's going to come in here sometime. And I said, well, come in on a Friday so you can say it's Friday for the weekend. And we're all having a good time. Right. And because uh, his brother Reeves was an outstanding, great guy. And uh, was a Jets fan. He passed away six years ago. And he, I think he had uh, either dementia or Alzheimer's before that. And just a really good guy and a sponsor with Woodfin here. The Woodfin Watchdog Player of the Week and the, all that kind of thing. And just a really good person. He suffered the Jets for so many years, and now, boy, wouldn't have fun with him. He was alive today when Fruitcake went down. Oh, mama. I'd have been riding him like a donkey into town. Anyway, uh, the Rangers drew the, dare I say it, how about this overused expression? They drew first blood. Oh, you know what really got me upset? The other, not upset, but just tired in, 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 in the lack of creativity. What's that? In, in national, national ads. What's that? Like on football on Sunday, they talk about well, just, you know the uh, Jacksonville Lander are playing across the pond. Right. Hey, if that's a pond sucker, then why don't you try swimming it? And then I heard a radio ad for the same thing: Buffalo travels to London to take on the Jaguars across the pond. Yeah, across the freaking pond. Now this gets in my crawl. It and we're does. having fun with monkeys, gorillas, and all that kind of thing. But can you come up with something a little more creative across the wide Atlantic? Paint a picture. Not just say a, po- a pond is something you swim across. Yeah. A pond can be something you can pull your little kid, your kid in a little boat across. Right. I'm yeah. giving myself a headache. Yeah, it doesn't bother me quite as much, but I know what you're saying. It's but it's so unoriginal and so overused, and people say it all the time. Across the pond. Yeah. Yeah, pond this, Jack. Can you really get across there? It, well, it's, it's not a pond. Well, it's kind of, I used this term uh, earlier today. It's a brand <laughs> new season when we talk about the postseason. That that definitely gets overused. It is true, but. You're more creative than that. All these. Don't sell short now. Don't all, disappoint. A lot of these, <laughs> a lot of these sayings that we use so much. Yeah. They're overused, but that's just, that's how some of this. I, I'm works. sure I do it, but uh, something, I hope I don't do something It's just old and trite and just overused and, and wrong like across the pond anyway what was i talking about before that uh with well, the scores from yesterday oh well we started there but there's something else in between oh i know what it was uh in the division three football poll let me you know and i know you called um phil stanton or texted him about getting pedro Ruzo on uh randolph megan by the way is number 10 yep in my ithaca bombers used to be the blue bombers my ithaca bombers are number 18 they've won three titles in division three Back in the day. It's been a while. And then also in the historically black colleges and university poll, the Hampton Pirates are number four. Okay. Oh, there you go. I want to get that. Uh, Yeah, Texas won yesterday. First game 
of the playoffs. Three o'clock yesterday will be the same thing today. They will throw first pitch at three zero eight. We'll have them all four. There's overlapping, so you you know you get the full Texas Tampa game. Then it'll pick up as we did yesterday, Minnesota and Toronto. Uh, then we'll get Arizona, Milwaukee, and then we'll get Miami, Philadelphia. Anyway, my uh, Texas won four to zip yesterday, and so that's off and running in the playoffs. And Texas is a wild, a wild card, although they tied Houston for first uh, in the uh, West Division of the American League. Both of them were 1972. Uh, the Rays won, what, 97 games, if I'm not mistaken, and finished second. Not, ooh, 99 games, yeah. And um, they would be a favorite to win the American League, uh, either fini- you know, finishing... Uh, like they did, what, fourth, I think? Yeah, they had to be fourth. Best wild card. Uh, they, they're good. <laughs> As we remember, they started 26-6. and six. Uh, Anyway, Rangers won that game. Blue Jays and the Twin Cities, the Twins, uh, played in Minneapolis. Target Field, you're looking live in Minneapolis. 3-1 Twins over the Blue Jays. Some good pitching efforts yesterday. You know, the Rays uh, were shut out by the Rangers. Montgomery <coughs> for the Twins went 7 and gave up six hits, no runs, five Ks. Uh, for Minnesota, uh, Lopez went five. You know, the start went five and two thirds, and three um, one there. They only gave up the one earned run. Even the Blue Jays, I mean, they only gave up three. Diamondbacks six three. That was the, the most runs scored. You said the D backs, they beat the Brewers in the season series four games to two. They now lead five to two this year, and you know it's something that, with the momentum that keeps moving. You know, a force that keeps going for. I can't remember the old saying. Going forward is, I don't know, hard to stop. I can't remember. It was a good, when I was a stockbroker, they had a good you know saying for momentum, and you know don't fight the don't fight the tape and don't fight the. Uh, the momentum of a stock. 6 3, uh, Diamondbacks doubled up the Brewers. And then the Phillies, 4 to 1 over the Marlins. And uh, they got, got a good effort there from uh, uh, Wheeler. Zach Wheeler, 6 and 2 thirds, 5 hits, 1 earned run, and 8 Ks. So 8 Ks and 6 and 2 thirds. Obviously, you're getting 14 outs there, right? No, 6 or 18, 20 outs. Hello, stay with me. And uh, they, they got 8 Ks there. So good effort by that. Uh, by the pitcher Wheeler, they're up four. They won four to one. They go at it again tonight. And Marlins, well, it's you know anybody's down zip one's got to win or you go home. So there you have it. All right, let's take a pause. It's already eight fourteen. We do have John Freeman, the voice of the Virginia Cavaliers, coming up at eight thirty five. Then we're wide open tomorrow. It'll be Mike London. Of course, head coach of the Women Mary Tribe, and then Jim Hobgood, man about everything. He'll be on with us at 9 tomorrow. Gus is today. A lot going on. Stay with us. Second straight playoff appearance out of the CAA. Follow them on their quest every step of the way. Here on your home for the Richmond Spiders, 1061 ESPN. Rock and rolling with Robert the Bruce. Good morning, Robert the Bruce. Good morning. What's happening, dog? Not a whole lot. Come on, man. Just sitting behind the glass and producing this show. Well, you don't sound like you're very cheery today. Oh. All right. Yeah, I'm good. Should we talk? 
I mean, uh, we're yeah. talking right now. I mean, off the air? Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe we talk off air. We talk some sports <laughs> right man. now, though. Try and cheer you up a little bit. Hey, we got a call for, you know, bringing up monkeys. The Pittsburgh yeah. State Gorillas. It's amazing what'll get people talking. <laughs> yeah, um, well, there's your boy, Bill Belichick. Did you like seeing him get beat the other night, the other afternoon, late afternoon into the evening, thirty-eight to three? Did you, t- as, as a Dolphin fan and, and uh, one that has suffered many defeats at the hands of the Patriots, the hands of the Patriots, did you take any pleasure in watching him get his butt kicked six ways to Sunday? Um, obviously, I, I, I always like it's always good when he loses, helps the Dolphins. Yeah. I don't. I don't get quite the pleasure some people get out of it. <laughs> okay. I, I used to get a lot more pleasure out of it. There came a point about I, probably about two years ago where I stopped really rooting against people and stopped hating as much. And that was a big time when I gained a lot of respect for Tom Brady. It just. It just made. It's made my sports viewing career a lot easier. I used to get so emotional about certain teams and get so mad when they would beat the Dolphins, but I kind of let that go. It's just. Um, but it is good to see the Patriots lose. It it helps. It helps obviously the Dolphins. It helps. Mm-hmm. It helps keep him shy of Don Shula. Yeah. I hope. I hold out hope somehow that he doesn't pass it. Um, it. It won't make a huge difference if if he does. Don Shula is still a Hall of Famer in my opinion, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Um, and he won't be able to take away what Don Shula did. And Bill Belichick is a good coach. He's a very good coach. I wonder if if he keeps. <laughs> On this pace that he's at right now, people seem to be questioning the greatness of Bill Belichick. There's no, there's no denying what he does on the defensive end, but I think people are going to start to wonder what he would have been without Brady, and that's that's something you can have about a lot of great coaches. You need a quarterback. Yeah, yeah you can. We can question that all you want, but fact is they both won, and he has six Super Bowls, in, so he in, can always hold those up. And Brady seemed to be the, uh, the 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 jail. He seemed to be the guy that got it done. I think another thing he would do is Bill Belichick is rough on players. I mean, it's not a fun place to play. We've heard that. And Tom Brady was one of the guys, similar to how Tim Duncan would do with Greg Popovich, he would put his arm around the guy and say, don't worry, guys, we're going to win because of it. And he was kind of the more friendly guy to some of these players. It was. It isn't. A t- it isn't easy. Easy place to play under Bill Belichick. No, if he if if, if his if the owner was like Belichick, he'd been fired by now. Yeah. yeah, because that's how it is. I mean, Belichick would have fired Belichick by now, so that's the way that goes. Right, um, and it's you know it's it's irrelevant at this point because that. But you know, it's just one of those stories where you, you know the speculation of well, how how long would he last if he were if he were his own boss or someone like him, exactly like him, were the boss. Uh, good good set of college games so this weekend. We have. Uh, on tap. I mean, there's. I'll get through. We'll get to that. We talked about some of the matchups yesterday. I uh, got a whole list of the top 25 and what they're doing. There are some teams, obviously, with bye weeks and some coming out of bye weeks. I want to talk about that. Look forward to talking to John Freeman. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, I said on Monday, today is Wednesday, and we are at Gus's Hanover Square Shop Center, Bell Creek Road, McKanksville. Uh, is Virginia, again, my question was, is Virginia getting closer? Uh, and I'll ask, that's, you know, certainly going to ask John Freeman about that. Yeah, they had some blowout losses uh, in their, uh, in their uh, two of their first three games uh, to uh, Tennessee and Maryland. And uh, now, we'll, and then they had the three close losses, the 35-36 loss to Madison, 24-21 they lost to NC State, and then 27-24 to BC. So <clears throat> the question is, uh, are they getting closer? 
I'm not going to ask him who should start a quarterback. He's the play-by-play guy. He's going to go with what the coach wants us, and that's what that's what play-by-play guys do. I mean, it's not like he's going to say, "Well, you know, the coach is wrong. He needs to be starting a, um, a Calandria, Calandria." I mean, that, that's just not. He's not going to say, and I wouldn't ask it because it's just not fair to ask him that because he he does he does not he's not coaching. He's not you know he's not involved in any of that. He does what he, he sees. What he, he talks about what he sees, and that's what a play-by-play guy does. So I'm not going to you know if you wait for me to ask that, I'm not going to do it. I look forward to talking to him in a few minutes. And um, looking at the William and Mary game, looking at last week's game at BC where they had a 21-10 lead at halftime, it, you know, so you can look at it two ways: are they getting closer, or they're just you know blowing game, you know, blowing games that they could win, should have won that type, should have won that kind of thing. So we'll find out. We'll, we'll talk to them about that. I, I think they're getting closer. That doesn't mean they're going to make a run and win their game, all their games, or even half of what's left. After William and Mary, they do have a bye, an open week, uh, and then they get Syracuse coming in on a Thursday night, and uh, Louisville. Uh, they go on the no. Excuse me, I'm looking at Texas. Uh, excuse me, Virginia's right there. After the open week, we talked about this yesterday there at Carolina at Miami. That, <laughs> those would be big upsets. If Virginia could beat Carolina or Miami, either one, those would be very big upsets. Don't think it's going to happen. Georgia Tech comes to Charlottesville, then they go to Louisville, uh, then Duke and Virginia Tech come to Louisville. So they're going to have five home games remaining. You know, and if you get a good crowd in there and make a little noise, you know, that, that always helps. But they've only got, what, the two road games left, or excuse me, three um, at Louisville, at Miami, at North Carolina. Uh, William Mary, Georgia Tech. Excuse me, check that. Four home games left. William Mary, Georgia Tech, Duke, and Virginia Tech. So we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I, you know, I, I didn't go to Tech or Virginia or Liberty. Now, of course, a one A of FBS. I didn't go to Madison. I didn't go to Old Dominion. So, well, but I, <laughs> there you go. The kids heard from. I, I, I pull for all the teams in the state to do well. Uh, you know, from Division three on up, and the uh, all of them, all the schools. Because it makes for better football in Virginia, more interest, and in, in people like to talk about it when their schools are doing well. So that's – why would you – put? You know, if you went to Tech or Virginia, we've been a long time 1As and, and have been long time rivals. And, then, and I think it was in 05, they got – Tech joined the ACC. And so it, the rivalry got even better, I mean, as far as having two teams like that in the same conference. Uh, it hasn't been a lot of rivalry as far as splitting wins. We know that. Tech has still been dominating. They did not play last year, we know, because of the tragedy at Virginia. And Virginia skipped, rightfully so, the last two games, Coastal Carolina and then at Virginia Tech. And some people will say, well, how come uh, they've got to go to Virginia this year when they did not play at Tech last year like they're supposed to? Why don't they flip it around? Virginia goes to Tech this year. And they just go from there. This is the way it works. That's the only answer I got for you. It's not the most important part about it. No. What happened last year is unprecedented and just unfortunate. So, yeah. home field in that game this year, it's just, I don't, well, I don't really think about it. No, think it, about what happened last year. Exactly. When you ask that question, think about what happened. It's, they're handling the best they can. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and just play the football game wherever you go play and just keep you know rolling forward. But so I can understand some tech people saying, Hey, yeah. wait a minute, how come we don't how come we don't get the home game? We lost the home game last year. And and things like that. I mean I mean when the of course the, the mass murdering out at Virginia Tech in April sixteenth of oh seven, I mean all sports were suspended there probably for the rest of the year. I don't remember now because it's been what, sixteen years ago. But uh, I mean, that, thirty-two people killed, and uh, there's no reason to, 
you know, unless teams want to get together and play sports to, you know, a cathartic uh, experience and help them get through it, that's that's a different thing. But mainly it was, you know, why play? Yeah. Uh, and uh, in that regard, just, you know, why do it? I mean, we're, we're devastated here. Right. So. Yeah, I think, I think that I can understand Tech fans feeling a certain way. Uh, I remember Bengals fans felt a certain way because they lost a game last year when with the DeMar Hamlin thing, and that cost them a home field advantage. But ultimately, it was something bigger than football, and that's sort of the same thing with the Virginia. The different situations, but in, in both situations, something bigger than football happened um, surrounding the game. Right. That's true. And it, it, do, it does hurt yeah. one team, but unfortunately, like I said, that there is something bigger than football. <laughs> it's always something bigger than sports. Yeah, there is. I mean, uh, the Speaker of the House got kicked out yesterday. Yeah. That's a little bigger than sports, but we're right. not going to talk about it. Uh, that, that's, that's bigger. Uh, Washington, uh, six and a half. The line's gone around by six, six and a half, seven. That's tomorrow night in Washington. If you're going to the game, they're going to run the metros. Uh, the metros are going to run them uh, later. And check out, you know, I'm not going to give you the point, chapter, and verse in detail about which metro lines are running where. But if you're going to the game and you park away and take the metro in, Washington commanders and the metro lines up in D.C. have worked out a deal where they will run late. I think last trains will run at 1225, 1227 uh, to, uh, you know, whatever directions they're going in. I don't have that detail, but I do have the fact they're going to run them late. So if you are going and you're parking at one of the metro stations, you should be able to catch one back. I did that once, and I mean, it was so jammed. Woo. But that's good. It's a good way to travel into a game. Back, of course, that was an RFK back in the day. And uh, the Metro is still somewhat new, I believe. All right, uh, we'll take a pause here because we're going to get John Freeman on. Uh, and that's our only guest for today, so uh, roll in with your calls uh, when, we're, when we've uh, uh, wrapped up with John Freeman. Our number is always 327-0888, 327-0888. Stay with us. We're here to talk sports until 10 o'clock. Don't touch that dial. Looking for Braves baseball? Your search ends here. Follow every curveball, stolen base, and grand slam of the playoffs here on the exclusive home of the Atlanta Braves in the capital city. 1061 ESPN Richmond. Eight thirty-four. Beautiful day. You just heard the weather forecast, low 80s today from Tom Patton, CBS 6. We appreciate that. And uh, it's going to be a warm day for October. Not overly warm. You know, I think upper 70s is the normal. And uh, we will be into the 60s by the weekend. Some rain may be coming in on Saturday. We'll, yeah, we'll cross that when we get to it. All right. Uh, the voice of the Virginia Cavaliers, John Freeman, kind enough to join us this morning. Good morning, John. How are you, Hoss? I'm good. I'm good. Hopefully that rain stays away for Saturday. It yeah. seems like every time we we fire up a game at Scott Stadium, we get a third quarter rainstorm these days. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I think the, the one a few weeks ago was rather serious. Uh, well, here in uh, here in Dogtown, River City, Richmond, we have a chance that rains about 50%. Uh, I don't have the Charlottesville weather, but it may be similar. And uh, let's uh, boy, let's hope it. Yeah, let's hope it doesn't. It's a high noon kickoff with the tribe from William and Mary, so that uh, hopefully rain will come a little later. Uh, 
Anyway, I have a question for you. This is one I sort of was rhetorical I threw out there Monday just to just to throw it out there so people would maybe even think about it. But uh, my question was, is, is Virginia getting there? Are they getting better? I know, of course, they, they brought uh, uh, Musket in after the injury. And, uh, Coach Elliott said, you know, you don't lose your job to injury. Uh, Calandry had done well, I think very well, as a true freshman. I, I think you probably agree with that. Uh, and I think the emotion got to him at the end of the NC State game, which was unfortunate. 18-year-old kid and, and uh, just exciting. Hey, he completed an 18-yard two-point conversion. Got to remember to keep the helmet on, I'm afraid. Uh, but Muskett had a very good game, I think, against BC. 22 for 34, 247. Three touchdowns. Excuse me. Was it three or two? Three touchdown passes and one pick. Uh, but to me, it, it, I mean, Virginia loses to JMU by one. They lose to NC State by three, and that could have been avoided to the point where they would have gotten into overtime, and then it's, you know, gloves off. And then the BC game last year was an opportunity. They were up 21 to 10, as you know, at the half. Final 27 24 BC. So, after my meandering through the woods there, uh, is Virginia getting better, in your opinion? Yes. And they've been <laughs> close, as you mentioned. <laughs> as you mentioned, I mean, this is an 0-5 team. There's no hiding from that fact. But you throw out the Tennessee game, which is just playing a, a team that exists on a different planet than us right now. <laughs> um, you throw that game out, and Virginia's been competitive in every single game. Uh, now, the place that they need to show improvement, and so far um, they really haven't been able to display it, is their ability to close games. So mm. you know, we can hang with almost anybody through three quarters. The question is, can we do it in the fourth quarter? And college football, you, you go to a college football practice, and you're like, why do they need 100 players to practice <laughs> in college football? Why is this team so big? Mm. Um, and the, the reason is depth is vitally important in college football, more so than uh, than professional football. Because professional football, you know, if a guy gets nicked up, you sign somebody off the practice squad, you could go. College football, you know, you got what you got. And right now we're banged up. It seems like every single position on the 2D, we've got a guy out mm. um, and a name that, you know, is new on that 2D. And um, by the time we get to the fourth quarter, we've just seen a lot of teams can wear us down. And Boston College certainly did that, you know, our second-half performance. We have more penalty yards than total yards. Yeah. And BC just said, we're going to run right through you, and they did. Um, so uh, improvement in the sense of um, a lot of players are playing better, but uh, you know we're assessing after three quarters instead of four. And yeah. um, by the time we get to the fourth quarter, hopefully against Wayman Mary, we'll see improvement in, in the ability to close games. Yeah, the third quarter was somewhat, I guess, the, the Waterloo for uh, for the Cavaliers up at uh, Chestnut uh, Hill last uh, last weekend against the Beagle, the Beagles, the Boston College Eagles. The Beagles, by the way, reside in Philadelphia, the Barking Beagles of Philadelphia pro football. Anyway, uh, yeah, they did. They came out and they got a field goal, and then, of course, a, a touchdown, and another touchdown. And, then, of course, the game-winning field goal came with 2-11 left in the game. And that has to be disheartening, kind of like the NC State game. That came with, what, n- no time left? After the, uh, the when there's when it Zippo on the clock when yeah. Uh, when yeah so I mean two tough losses like that in a row by three yeah it's it, again it's our ability to close games so in both instances BC and NC State got the ball late in the fourth quarter with a tie game at that point we're just so ground down and um, you know, go back go back to the NC State game. Brennan Armstrong was the starting quarterback at that point for NC State, and they ran the football. They they never threw it on their final drive. 
uh, and penalties and a lot of quarterback draws got them in field goal position. And then BC really just pounded us. Um, and, and it goes to depth. You know, if you're not deep, teams can run over you when it gets down to the fourth quarter and late in it. Um, so we've just got to find a way to, to anchor down and be able to stop these methodical late-game drives. Because yeah. we're, we're in the game when they start, uh, but they're, they're taking a while, and they end with a field goal, and you know, it's, it's another loss for us. Yeah, the, the uh, rushing attack has not been quite a thing what Coach Elliott wants. Uh, well, tell me about some positives. Tell me what you've seen. That are, you're five games in, there's seven to go uh, till the Saturday after Thanksgiving, which is still a ways away. Tell me what you see that's positive and good and has changed from the beginning of the year. And, and you mentioned Tennessee a loss. You know, Tennessee's number 21 in the country at 4-1, and one, and then uh, Maryland is number 26. If you look at the other receiving votes category in the AP, they're, they're 26 ahead of some other teams. So they got 81 votes, a few more, and they would have been, you know, 10 more, they would have been in the top 25. But regardless, they've lost to two quality teams, and they've let a couple or a couple got away from them there in these other three games. But what are the good things you've seen, the positives, the growth of the team? Yeah, you were talking there about the schedule, and, and just another note on that. I subscribed to Pro Football Focus, which is kind of the, I'd say, the top analytical website when it comes to college football you get player grades you get a lot of you know special data and um, pro football focus rates our current schedule played as the second hardest in the entire country uh, and the only team that we're behind is colorado <laughs> so, <laughs> and they played some horses too so it's tough you know i think one of the reasons we're 0 and 5 is just because of the, the schedule you know yeah. we're finally getting our first uh, fcs opponent in week six of the season, while most of our peers in the ACC have already played um, their FCS or, or lower uh, FBS opponents. Mm-hmm. But are you asking about improvements or uh, you know, bright spots? I think you got to look at this receiving core for Virginia. Malik Washington, the transfer from Northwestern, has been fantastic. He was, and this is so unfortunate, he was three yards short against Boston College of going over 100 yards. <laughs> If he had made three more receiving yards in that game, he would have been the first Virginia wide receiver in history. And we've had some good wide receivers. First Virginia wide receiver in history to go over 100 yards in four consecutive games. Mm. Um, So he ends at a three-game streak, and he ties with Jermaine Crowell and Dontavian Wicks, two guys who uh, have made it to the NFL. Crowell had a really good career. Wicks is just starting his. Um, so he's an elite company. And when we look at this passing attack where it was last year compared to where it is this year, I think we see a lot of improvement and a lot of bright spots throwing the football. Well, you know, I think you found a quarterback of the future as well. Uh, I, don't, I don't, to me, that's, I not, you know, what, what do I know? I'm a fan, and that's the end of it there. But it, it looks to me like you found one. And Musket, I thought, had a, a good game against, uh, against uh, BC. But uh, you, you've got uh, Calandria. Who has played in four games and, and and done a very good job? What do you think? How would you? And I'm not saying choose a quarterback. I'm not doing that to you because that's up to the coaches and you're the you're the you know the play by play man, the voice of the Cowboys. How do you see his progression, his growth? Has he done well? Do you think in your opinion? In your opinion, you talking about Calandria? Or are you talking about Tony Musk? Well, C- Calandria first. <laughs> Calandria is funny. He he should have been the third string quarterback this year. So it was Tony Musket coming in, and he was supposed to be in a quarterback battle with Jay Wolfhook, Richmond's yeah. own Jay Wolfhook. Yeah. Uh, and then Jay, right before training camp started, said, I'm going to focus on baseball. So Calandria immediately upgraded from the third to the second team. 
And I remember going to my first practice where he was there because he enrolled early. He enrolled in spring. Uh, and I remember being like, who is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> what walk-on is that? Because he's small. You know, he's 5'10", maybe 180 pounds. And then the first ball I saw him throw, I was like, oh, okay, a little something there. Mm-hmm. And then just watching him command the second-team offense at that point and just the casualness in which he puts wide receivers in motion and uh, the swagger and moxie that he has. Nothing seems too big for him. Nothing seems too fast for him. Uh, and he really has stood out from day one um, in the spring and then all the way up until now. An interesting thing is he was a late recruit. So uh, there's a lot of story about how he ended up in Virginia, but we were really the only Power 5 school that gave him a lot of interest. Kentucky slung a scholarship his way, but it was kind of half-hearted. He was committed to Middle Tennessee State at uh, one point, and their coach is Rick Stockstill. Then Calander is going to go to Middle Tennessee State. We found him, and we were going to offer him. And there was a funny moment because Coach Elliott was once coached by Rick Stockstill. So he had to call his former coach and say, sorry, I know you got this generational quarterback, but we're going to have to offer him, and the rest is history. So we're happy that Calander is here. And uh, as you can see and as the nation has seen, uh, the kid has a whole lot of talent. Well, and Musk can show that he does too. He, he unfairly, not unfairly, but it, yeah, he, he was a starting quarterback against you know Tennessee, and, and this just in. They're pretty tough. They're pretty good, as we know. Uh, but when he played against a team with a little, let's say a little less ability than Tennessee, I mean, he showed very well. I think this past Saturday, and uh, he, I, you know, he's he's proved that he's to get that chance to get that second chance after an injury. He did very well with it, uh, which of course this Saturday at noon kickoff is William and Mary, and of course we know the history there. William and Mary you know, head coach Mike London won a title at Richmond, came to Virginia, was there I believe for five years, had a, you know a couple of good years there, and moved on to Howard and down to William and Mary. Uh, how do you see this game? It is a yeah. They're they're without their t- everybody's without somebody this year. They just have to be without their best player coming in. They lost to Elon, as you know, 14-6 to last Saturday. Uh, but Yoder, the running back, is just one of those guys that's heart and soul of a team. And uh, I don't think he'll be playing this Saturday. You know, it's Wednesday. and haven't heard anything yet. But uh, what about William and Mary coming up and, and, and uh, Mike London being on the other sideline? Yeah, well, you mentioned, you mentioned the injury to Bronson Yoder, their running back. So he's a fantastic player, but Malachi Emo's looked really good in his place. And if that name sounds familiar, you know, Malachi Emo, and you, you hear the last name, well, yeah, his uncle is Mike Emo, the former Virginia Tech running back. And mm-hmm. you know, Malachi Emo is a guy that's averaging almost seven yards per carry, three straight 100-yard games. So not a huge drop-off in the William & Mary rushing attack. They are such a, a different, unique team. They lost to Elon. They ran for over 300 yards, and they threw for 36. Yeah. And William and Mary, its last two games combined, they haven't thrown for over a hundred yards no. in those two combined games. Um, so they're just going to come here and say, "We're going to try and run right at you." And they have an interesting offense. They do a lot of uh, different little tricks and a lot of window dressing in their motions and their formations. And uh, they're fun. They're really well coached, uh, and they're tough to defend. They're also just so versatile. I saw a stat the other day. Uh, see if I can find it where it's written down. Yeah, they have six players on their offense. How about this? Six players on their offense have thrown a collegiate touchdown pass. Mm. Six. <laughs> and that's not just 
backup quarterbacks. They got a lot of guys that are uh, athletic, that were maybe high school quarterbacks that are converted to wide receiver or running back. In their case, their star linebacker was uh, an all-world quarterback at Monticello High School here in Charlottesville and went to William & Mary and is now their starting linebacker, Kevin Gerald. Um, so this is a team where they just get athletes, they get football players, they get guys who know the game, and then they develop them. And because of that, they've got some really unique skill sets that is pretty frightening when you're putting together the scouting report. Yeah, you can uh, you know pitch to somebody, and before you know it, they're throwing a pass. <laughs> you know, instead of that can that can throw a team off a little. Well, it ought to be a good game, and it ought to be exciting. I think a good atmosphere with William and Mary and Mike London coming back to town. And uh, yeah, of course, you you know don't worry about lines and things like that. You don't get them really on these kind of matches. But uh, I think Virginia would be probably favored in this game. But that's irrelevant to what happens on the field at the end of the day, and that's to get a win. So good luck to Virginia, and I know you'll have a good time and do a great job as always. All in the game, uh, of course, on the Virginia Radio Network. Thank you for joining us. I uh, always enjoy listening to you and getting the facts from you, John. Appreciate you doing that. Oh, I appreciate it. Anytime you want to have me, you, you let me know. Hopefully uh-huh. we'll get one uh, win this week because we've got the bye week coming up. So we yes. get two weeks to save it. There you go. <laughs> and, and listen, I, I do think that Virginia is on the upswing, in my opinion, and I hope it continues. So we, uh, we thank you for your time. John Freeman, of course, the voice of the Virginia Cavaliers. Thank you, Hoss. Anytime. Go Hoos. All right. Thank you, John Freeman. Uh, we will take a pause. It's already 849. We'll take a pause. We shall return. We are uh, open topic basically the rest of the day. Uh, tomorrow, Mike London, the head coach of the aforementioned William & Mary tribe, will join us in the same slot as John Freeman just wrapped up to 835. And at 9, Mr. Everything, man about everything, uh, Jim Hobgood. Hobbo will join us at 9 tomorrow here in studio. Gus is for lunch today. Come on out. We're expecting a good crowd out there today. And uh, come out and enjoy, enjoy us. I saw... Um, Oh, why am I now? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, It'll come back to me. I'll tell you what I was going to say. Stay with us here on 106.1 ESPN. I'm Big Al. This is Sports Phone. Stay with us. Robert Bruce. Robert the Bruce on the other side of the class. Postseason action. The wild card round. Every team has a shot. And we've got the action live here on 106.1 ESPN Richmond. ahead till uh, two Friday, not till, but two Friday, the uh, the dog of the day might once again involve those Denver Broncos. They host the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah. Uh, now, let's look at this a question, and we can hold this over till the top of next hour, and that is Sunday night, Dallas is at San Francisco. It's actually Santa Clara. That's where they built their new stadium. They're every bit of 50 miles, maybe 40 from their old stadium candlestick because that was south of the city, actually. But, I mean, it's in, it was right there. When, like, it was, you know, not like you're playing out in well, some, some towns that are – how far away is Arlington, Texas, actually, from, from uh, Dallas? Anyway, th- my point is it, they're, they're a ways away. But still, it's San Francisco. You know, move on. Um, Dallas at San Francisco. Now, 
that ought to be a slobber knocker, as they used to say. Um, Dallas is three and one, has allowed only forty-one points this year. San Francisco has allowed only fifty-eight, but that's a seventeen-point difference in four games. That's four points a game. Uh, San Francisco scored a buck and a quarter, and Dallas has put up one twenty-four. So that's neck and neck. Uh, and we got to look at the opponents and all that sort of thing, and you know, you've been mixing it around. But my question is: Is Dallas and San Francisco? A bigger game than Miami at Buffalo was last week. I believe so. Buffalo's three and zero. Miami came in. Uh, th- Buffalo was was two and one, hosting three and zero Miami. Now we've moved a step further out. So you've got four and zero San Fran hosting number uh, three and one Dallas. So it has taken another you know ratchet up in the winds in that regard. But Miami came in 3-0 and and Buffalo's 2-1. So that was a big game. That was the biggest game last week it was in pro the biggest, football. To that point, it was the biggest game yeah. of the year. And this one now? is. I think it's, a, even if it had been last week, I think it's a step ahead of that Dolphins-Bills matchup. Yeah. I have my reasons, too. I guess we can wait till the top of well, the hour if you want to hear well, them. Well, hammer those out top of the hour. There you go. Yes. If anyone wants to hear them. I'm sure they'd rather hear your reasons for it. But if no, anyone wants no, to hear no, my no, reasons. No, no. I want to hear your reasons. Uh, Dallas is, of course, three and one. Their their loss was was a banana peel game at Arizona, where Arizona opened up a can of whip butt from the jump and beat them the whole way through. I think it was a twenty eight to sixteen. I think. Yep. So you look at Dallas; they've given up forty one, and twenty eight was one banana peel game at Arizona. That means they've given up thirteen points in their other three games. That's not hard to figure out. That's four and three in one third points, four point three points a game, four point three points a game is what they're giving up. So we shall see, but uh, we'll hear just when we get back with Robert the Bruce and his reasons for why this is a bigger game. And this isn't scripted, I just threw it out there. It's something I'd written down. All right, let's take a pause right here, right now. We got about nine seconds to go, top of the hour. I'm Big Al. This is Sports Phone on 1061 ESPN. Robert the Bruce, other side, phone number, other side of the class, 327 0888. We gave you the Braves. 